all this crap on the outside is really, really annoying me because it takes away the, the full success of the World Cup. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, The Bold Tackle. We are your hosts, Sophie Howard and Oliver Howard, and we are ready to tackle bold topics in sport, highlight the women's football industry, and speak about the unspoken. If you are ready to get an insight into what really goes on behind the scenes, join us on our journey and listen in to The Bold Tackle. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Bold Tackle. And hi, Sov, lovely to have you here again. Hi, Ollie, lovely to see you again. I hope you enjoyed your little holiday. I did. Um, I'm glad. Guys, you have to throw a little curveball at you. I know we promised you, and I know Ollie was very excited to <laughs> discuss equal pay with you all. Um, but after last episode and after the closure of the World Cup, we have to give some time to discuss what happened at the World Cup. Now having a, a different outlook, maybe, um, and we want to give you a little post-World Cup analysis. I think it's important to highlight the World Cup and look back at it um, after such a short time and not wait too long, because I think it really deserves the stage after seeing what happened. But how do you look back at the World Cup? What an incredible tournament and what an opportunity to grow the women's game. Um, I think we push boundaries. I think we set the bar very, very high and we are definitely moving in the right direction. I think on all levels as well. So the style of play was amazing. Wow, the, the penalties of the English women. And I'm not sure if you saw those, but uh, the men can take an example of that. That Chloe Kelly penalty, insane. Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, attention on that on, on social media and people are saying everyone needs to stop with their silly chips. Um, and I agree, just step up, cold as ice, and just smash it into the goal. Whack it into the you, corner. Whack it into the goal. You have to think about this. It is the quickest shot recorded at the World Cup, and it was quicker than any other finish in the Premier League last year. And this is from a penalty. Usually you are told, step up and just shove it into the corner, pass it into the corner, and she goes up and smashes it. Almost top bins. And the question you have to ask them, what is goalie going to do? They just have to anticipate right and jump and hope they can get a strong enough hand behind it. Because otherwise there was no way of saving that penalty. And I could imagine that a lot of male goalkeepers would have a proper problem with that. Yes, I think a blessed Nigerian goalkeeper. She had an excellent tournament. Um, and she actually went to the right side. It was just that rapid that she couldn't get... Any, I guess, kind of maybe strength behind it to save it. But bless her, she had an excellent tournament. And you almost have to put your hands up and say, what a penalty. Yeah. And Chloe Kelly saved England. And it's not, it wasn't only that penalty, but all the penalties of the English team were, were really, really good. That was one of the moments that will stay in my mind for a long, long time. And that was a moment I was sitting in front of the TV uh, and smiling. It was just, wow, 
that was real fun to watch. Uh, and some of the matches were just like that as well. I think there's, um, as you mentioned, um, there's still some potential uh, on, on one or the other team to just get to that next level, take that next step. But as a whole, the World Cup, I think it really surprised. It surprised me um, how good the football actually was. And I've been watching a lot of women's football over the past years, obviously following you all over the place. But, but seeing that was real fun to watch. And I think it got um, rewarded by seeing how many people watched it on TV, by seeing how full the stadiums were, by seeing the hype around it. Um, and I think that's a lovely picture of the whole World Cup that I'll take with myself for the next couple of weeks, maybe until the next one. Yeah, I think off the pitch we made history... But on the pitch, we can't forget that we made history. And I say we because um, we had so many teams, first of all, qualifying for the first time, advancing to, I guess, the final 16. Um, we had uh, the penalty shootout, France, Australia. 20 penalties were taken. <laughs> Incredible. Um, I'm glad I got to watch that because that's something... You know, in tennis, you talk about the... the um, everlasting tie breaks that was a similar situation and I think everyone got behind I guess both teams because it was just such an occasion um but even off the pitch you mentioned history made in terms of um attendances and viewers and whatnot but we had the Moroccan player that for the first time wore hijab which was disallowed until 2014 for health reasons or safety reasons sorry I mean my question is what is the safety reason there? I mean, I don't know how that's going to hurt anyone, but not my question to answer. Anyways, we discussed the penalties. What was, for you, the disappointment of the tournament, Oli? Um, let's stay on the pitch, first of all. But on the pitch, the biggest disappointment I had was Germany. Um, Germany's normally a nation which is so good at these tournaments on men and uh, women's side. Um and I had the feeling they were a little bit complacent when I, I saw a um, thing on TV about them. You saw all the trips they were making around Australia, seeing Australia. But I think, oh, great, uh, living it, being there, seeing the whole of Australia. But it's not about seeing Australia at this moment. It's about winning the World Cup and playing football. And I think there should be more focus on winning this tournament you need to focus on football and I think Germany missed that point a little bit in this World Cup unfortunately because they had a great team and they should be they should have gone really far at the World Cup I agree um, I think it's very difficult with the media side in terms of um, what do fans want to see and often they record these trips and they show them to the fans to see kind of what goes on behind the scenes but it is a World Cup. It, the teams are going there to win the World Cup. Yes, of course, make memories as well off the pitch. And I think trips like those help the team. But in the end, as you said, it's about the football. Do they, do they really help the team? They get their mind off of football. But look at the World Cup and how it's structured. You play a game, you have a couple of days. It's not a lot of days uh, break in between. Shouldn't you be focusing on recovery, active recovery the whole time and not be... I, to be honest, I don't really know what they did, but walk around a zoo. You don't need team building at this stage. I think that should have happened before the World Cup. And during the World Cup, it's performance and active recovery performance again. Um, I, in my opinion, I think there's not a lot of time to do hobby stuff. 
you should be focusing on football. And look, if you go out, stay another couple of days and do it then. Um, or, or stay there uh, on the private side and do it then. But it should be about football because, hey, we're all screaming about equal pay. You should be performing and uh, on a high level. And I have no clue what the men are doing. But with such a disappointment, it's easy to attack a team, isn't it? Uh, maybe it's unfair from my side as well. No, I think you just stole my argument because I was going to say I'm pretty sure the men don't sit in their hotel 24-7. But anyways, um, I agree with you. Yes, the focus has to be football. What I meant off the pitch is take your mind of it. You've got a strict structure for four weeks, for eight weeks when you're taking the preparation. You need time to switch off. But yes, the focus has to be football. And I think Germany missed an opportunity to go far again. Um, They have an excellent team that quality-wise should have. This tournament... I'd almost say they failed. They're probably not happy themselves. Um, you could see the disappointment in, in the players' players' um, faces and in their inter- post-game interviews. Um, yeah, but the next what one's about coming. The, the next one's coming. And and this is the thing, though. Morocco qualified for the first time. This was their chance. Germany and other nations as well, just because of their quality, always qualify. So they're always the next. For Morocco, say they might not be your next. So this one is all they've got. And they're expected to go through. So that's why it's such a big disappointment, as I mentioned, yeah. um, because yeah. you expect them to go through. Who was who your um, surprise team at this tournament? Um, I'd have two, I think. Um, first one was Nigeria. Went very, very far. Pushed in- England to their limit. Um, England only won on penalties. I loved that game as well. Yeah, and for me in that game, Nigeria was dom- dominant. If you, if you, you know, after boxing, when you like finish the fight and then whoever had most points or whatever go through, Nigeria should have gone through based on their dominance <laughs> performance. But that's unfortunately, not how that's works. not the way football works. <laughs> no. So England won on penalties. Um, excellent execution of penalties, and they went through. But Nigeria was my my surprise team, especially knowing. Um, from a little insight, what goes on behind the scenes. They haven't been paid for ages. Their conditions are awful. They are fighting and fighting and fighting to even attempt to get to a level of, we spoke about equal opportunity, to get to that point, they are so far off and look what they produced. They got the whole world behind them because everyone was rooting for Nigeria because they have zero facilities, zero support from the Federation and they went out and fought and put that in. And the next team for me was Australia. And I'm going to tell you why, because I think leading up to the tournament, um, I didn't see the Australia I expected. And it was going to be a hit or miss. They were going to go either really far, which they did, and put in very good performances and and got Australia behind them and made history and, and, um, as we saw afterwards, changed the game in Australia forever, I think. Um, Or it was not going to go well based on what I saw. So Australia and Nigeria for me. Um, for Nigeria, I think it comes down to the love of football. As you say, the facilities are not there, but hopefully this World Cups really gives them a platform that the Federation does get behind them. Uh, and Australia, I agree. And we spoke about this in one of our previous episodes. Get the fans behind you. And obviously you're playing at home or co-host of the World Cup and with the fans behind them. I read an article about a plane and I'm not sure if this is true or not because you know what the media is like but there there was this flight and uh, from Australia uh, and nearly all passengers were watching the penalty shootout and celebrating when they went through. Ah, oh, what a great situation to be in and what a great hype around the World Cup. Um, that's what it should all be about. Oh, you should watch it. It's, I think it's on Instagram. Ah, it's so it is true. It's literally every... Yeah, it is true. 
every single it's so uh, when they had their massive shootout uh, the the penalty shootout it is literally every single passenger but one <laughs> who is calmly sitting there watching lord of the rings it is it is to die for it is so funny but just to see the whole plane not only behind uh, australia but everyone involved in watching fo- women's football now not only football women's football the world cup it is so good hey to we see. should not compare you said now I said you shouldn't differentiate. I think um, <laughs> we're going back in circles. <laughs> give me, um, give me your insights or your thoughts about um, Spain winning the World Cup. Um, I think on the day they were the better team. Um, I think England never got into kind of second gear. It was like they were trying and trying, uh, just weren't producing. Um, so, just. From the finals performance, Spain should have won it. I'm a little bit torn personally. Um, I feel heartbroken for the players that didn't go, that made the decision to stay at home and stand for what they believe and not be available for selection. And these are world-class players. Um, so I'm a little bit heartbroken for them. Sorry, sorry you, need to, you need to elaborate on that. What are you talking about? Who didn't go to the World Cup? So, Spain's been going through a transition. There's a lot of instability. There were many, many players that um, weren't available for selection because the manager, who is still the manager, this is according to media, created an environment of abuse. Not physical abuse, as far as I'm concerned. Emotional abuse and a very... um, uncomfortable environment so a lot of players weren't standing for this and weren't accepting this and said we're not available for selection throughout the whole preparation um this goes goes for ages and just before the world cup a few players realized this could be their last world cup and went back and said i'm available so therefore Mm. and the federation was was behind the manager and said he's not going anywhere we're not getting rid of him he's he's good for us whatnot um this is again all from media so it would be insane if we had insight because for me to make a statement on this like I need more information but from what I know from the media um is then players went back and said we're available because this could be my last world cup and there were a few players that said no I'm not going back if I go back now I've kind of given in I I'm gonna stand hard for what I believe and these players didn't go back and then Spain wins the world cup and do you know what Fair play, they won the World Cup because they were the best team on, in the, on the final day. And um, I am happy for every single player that won it. I'm just almost heartbroken for the players that that wanted to make change, that didn't stand for this, I call it now apparent abuse because I don't know the insights. And I'm very proud of them because that takes courage. I think, but it's still heartbreaking. I think abuse is a very, very strong word and it's yeah. really difficult yeah. to comment for me to comment on this because obviously I've, I'm yeah. hearing this for the first time I'd be very and I always say that I'd be very careful in how we mm-hmm. talk about this because we don't know the full insights what I was would say is looking at from the outside and seeing both sides um, if there's a toxic environment um, and the players players don't feel right they shouldn't be going but then you shouldn't jump on the ship at last minute when you realise it's the last one. Exactly. Stand your point. I agree. Uh, on the other hand, um, talking about toxic environment, I have no idea what for an environment there was. And say there was a competitive environment, which can be also very toxic. 
I would agree with the federation saying the the coach should stay because why should there be players or why should the players be allowed to put pressure on the coach to get rid of him? Maybe because they don't like him or maybe because he hasn't selected them for the team or whatever it is. As I said, I, I don't know the situation, so it's difficult to comment, but I'd look look at Can it I from jump the in outside. Real quick. Yes, of course, go. Go ahead. Um, if... If a player is sorry, if a coach is simply not right for a team, and that is f- felt collectively, I just don't think he should be in that in that position. He shouldn't have the role. And these are players that played every single game, every single minute for him. So it's not they're not getting selected. It's they're not accepting the environment. And I think you saying toxic environment is probably a better way of me using the word abuse and. I just wanted to make clear I'm not sure about the the extent of the abuse. For me, it was more emotional, probably verbal, um, but this is me making assumptions, so I have to be very careful what I say there. But I just I just think if a majority of the team that have been there for ages, uh, players are starters, they're the best footballers in the world, and they say, no, we're not standing for this, something's off. Why is the Federation not looking into this? Again, really difficult for me to comment at the end of the day. And this is not me saying what he did was right, because I don't know if it was right or wrong. But at the end of the day, he won the World Cup. So it's this, this, this environment, the right environment for performance, high performance and the proper outcome. I don't know. But it's very, very difficult to comment. As I said, we don't have the insights, so it's difficult to talk about this. Um, unfortunately, the great outcome of Spain winning the World Cup was overshadowed by the president of the Spanish team. What do you make of all this? Yeah, the listeners can't see me, but I'm currently shaking my head. <laughs> I actually have no words. It is people like this that ruin the success of women's football, that ruin is pushing boundaries because, as he said, it got overshadowed. The attention is now more on the president, then the girls winning the World Cup. What I'd like to say for those, those people who don't know what happened, at the ceremony when they were picking up the medals, the president of the Spanish national team kissed one of the players on the lips. It wasn't even the cheek, where you can say in France or in Spain, that's what happens uh, every now and again when you greet yourself uh, or when you're celebrating something. But in this case, it was on the lips. And that's what Sophie's talking about. Yeah, it is not a coachful gesture it's not a cultural kiss as you mentioned the french maybe um not only that when they won it he grabbed his crotch like what signal is that sending please he's standing next to the queen and her little daughter and he's grabbing his crotch i'm sorry that i have i have no respect for that and i have no time for that as i said it is people like this unfortunately that is ruining the game and for me it ruined the celebration of the final um, I think what makes it really difficult, and we often discuss that, you and me, about the media and in interviews people say what they think they should say or what they've been told to say and they never speak with honesty. Not never. And I myself have been fault of that, so I have to put my hands up. Uh, maybe that is something also we can discuss at some point. But in in an interview then Jenny Homoso who's a player who's a very experienced player is now saying after um, initially saying I didn't enjoy that is now saying it was a totally spontaneous mutual gesture because of the immense joy that came with winning the World Cup first of all mutual gesture 
well, I only saw him grab your face and kiss your lips. I just think it's weird. And if it's, and yes, ob- if, it's emotion- if it's mutual, she wouldn't have said, I didn't enjoy that. Exactly. So it's this kind of, yes, um, the an immediate reaction is what you feel. And then you're like, oh, I need, like me just come in, I need to... I need to protect myself, I need to protect the Federation, I need to protect this. And they say, both of them say, we have a great relationship. And uh, Jenny Hermoso, and I've got the article here, the president and I have a great relationship. His behaviour with all of us has been outstanding. I'm sorry, I can only see the behaviour on the sideline, and that's been everything but outstanding. This is a problem with uh, the World Cup getting so much attention, with it, which is great, but things like this happen and everyone sees sees what happened good Um, i absolutely i totally agree you need to know how to perform on the management side what i would say is what what was tried to do here was to play down the situation what i think is um very unfortunate also in the word wording is uh, it was a gesture of affection wait a minute does this happen uh, in the men's world cup have you ever seen a president kiss one of the the men players on the lips there's been um hugging there's been uh, shaking hands uh, there's been kissing on the cheeks uh, kissing on the back head kissing on the forehead all this totally totally fine kissing on the lips me personally i have never seen um and if this has been the manager standing up there if this has been um a female physiotherapist or whatever I've never seen that type of affection except for now at the World Cup. And I'm very sorry, even if there was affection. Hey, you need to watch out what you're doing here. It is wrong. And uh, you you shouldn't be doing this on the platform of the World Cup. Look what we are talking about now. We should be talking about the the World Cup, what's happening on the pitch and all this this crap on the outside. is really, really annoying me because it takes away the, the full success of the World Cup. And what I think, and I always try to stand back and see both sides, but sorry, the way he behaved while winning the World Cup, the way he behaved with him also, I think he shouldn't shouldn't be in that position anymore. And I think as a federation, you should go, sorry, you're not right for this position because you need to... Don't we always say they're people of the public and they need to need to behave in a certain way? And he didn't do that. Sorry, you missed that job. Oh, for me, it's just wrong. And then he comes out a couple of days later and, and, and um, apologises. He was definitely made to apologise. Too late. I'm sorry. Like, he almost thinks that's all right. But anyone that thinks that's all right, I'm sorry that it's not. Have you ever seen Iniesta, as you said, walk up? Do you think anyone would kiss him on the lips? <laughs> I don't think so. I think he'd volley you. Yeah. Rightly so. Yeah. Anyways, one last thing, Ollie. That is something that really, really, really bothered me. I don't know if you saw it. Press conference with the Moroccan captain. Um, I've heard about it. Just before the Germany game. Listeners, I am gobsmacked. I don't know how this is still all right. And I think we may have a little discussion about it. But the press conference and a reporter asked the captain, um, in Morocco, it's illegal to have a gay relationship. Do you have any gay players in your squad? And what's life like for them in Morocco? Are we okay? Is this an acceptable question? Fortunately, there's a FIFA rep that jumps in. Um, the the reaction of the player is priceless. Please go and look at it on Twitter. It, it's absolutely priceless. She's obviously got a little um, earpod thing in and she looks at a manager and starts kind of shaking her head and laughing and obviously is not willing to answer that question. FIFA um, rep jumps in and says, 
sorry, can we kind of stick to football questions? This is a political question. And then this is this baffles me even more. Instead of being like, sorry, I, I made a mistake. I'm a big believer. We're all human. We all make mistakes. It's okay. But instead of just saying, sorry, it was a mistake. I'll, I'll change my question or I've got another one. It's no, it's not political. It's about people. Do you know what? You don't care about people. You just ask that question to put that girl in danger and put any other girl potentially in danger. Safe. Wrong. Safe. This guy. So you're getting very heated. Just think, <laughs> just think about who that question came for. What is he trying to achieve? A headline. Yeah. It's, He's it's, trying to make money with a headline. It's not about her. It's not about any of the Moroccan players. It's about a headline. And this is what's so sad about media. Um, you try to create headlines. Uh, and as you said, he brings him in real danger. But we need to stand back here. What is he trying to do? Um, wrong place, wrong time. But that's what he's doing. Simply not acceptable in my eyes. And I know I'm getting heated and I'm glad you calmed me down a bit. He should be suspended. In my opinion, he should not have the right to attend another press conference you're not only crossing the line here with a kind of a personal question, also none of your business, but saying, well, I know he's trying to make a headline. You are putting people at risk or in danger, and that is not acceptable. Yep. Again, he came out and apologised a couple of days later. Well, he was made to apologise, and it just annoys me. But anyways, I got, got that off my you chest. Can, you, can, <laughs> you can make everything right uh, in hindsight, but at the end of the day, you should know what you're what you're doing here what i would have wished for and you said the reaction from the rocker and player was great by laughing it off um i think she could could have been even more confident and answered by saying these are personal questions which i don't want to be talking about or this is preferences of each person which should not be be talked about and, and cut him off um because um la- but don't you think that's dangerous do you think so don't you think that's dangerous I personally think so because she's saying this is something I don't want to talk about. So you usually don't want to talk about it if it's like quite personal or if it's like going to put you at risk, and that is kind of opening up doors. Very, very I good think point. Personally, very good. Point. Personally, I think her reaction was the best thing she could have done. But I agree with you. Sometimes these um these phrases or these little sentences to I guess shut people up is something what we need. For me personally, because it's a very very tricky question. It's not only personal. There's a risk involved. For me personally, she did the right thing. I totally agree with what you're saying. Hearing you say it now probably was the best reaction she could have had. Thanks. <laughs> it's the first time you've said that. <laughs> to end it on a high note, what the World Cup was, best moment of the World Cup for you? Um, I think <laughs> watching Nigeria go so far. It filled me with pride. It, just knowing the battles they fight every single day and they just put everything aside and fully focused on the performance and fought and fought and fought and fought and you know what it wasn't a kick and rush Mm. they played excellent football oh they filled me with a lot of pride and joy i think lovely chloe kelly penalty for me thank you everyone for listening in and see you next time sorry i never asked you but thanks for sharing that (laughs) um (laughs) Um, Thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye bye.